Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast series that answers all your mission-related questions. And with me in the studio today are Ron and Karis Pierce. Hi, Joy. Hi, welcome back, guys. Okay, so today's question is, how does Empower Ministries find its international partners? Well, the, the situations that you're probably referring to are when a opportunity or when a spiritual hotspot, as we call it, right. pops up somewhere, how do we approach the people in the country involved? How do we search out this and, and validate it as something that we want to be involved in? In other words, is this a quality opportunity or is this something whereby it's good, but it's something that we just wouldn't choose it in power? So right. that's, I think, where you're getting at. And the answer to that is very, very simple, actually. Um, what it means is that when we make first contact with a situation or a person, either they call us, we hear about them, rumors spread, we heard that this was going on. God puts God puts two people or two situations together. And then you move in at that time and just basically say, hi, let's talk. Mm-hmm. And we sort of sense their heart. So in first, in first phone call, first contact, um, I would be sitting at a table in the, in the country um, um, over a cup of coffee or whatever, and I'd be listening to the heart of the individual at the other end. What do they see? What do they want? What's their history? Um, th- how long have they known the Lord? How large is their operation? Um, various things like that. And it, they give me those answers, but it's more than the answer. You read the spirit of that person, their heart, and you just sense, okay, are these people walking with Jesus? What about their integrity? Um, both telling the truth, but also um, representing accurately what's going on. Um, thirdly, how do they handle money? In other words, if we trust them with our funds to buy things, etc., like that, how's their accounting procedures and things like that? Um, doctrinally, where do they sort of fit in the wide range of doctrine? Are they in the middle somewhere? And therefore, I'm going to throw this out to people and sort of like say, well, what about this one? What about this one? If they're Bible-believing, born-again preaching individuals, either from a Wesleyan, Baptist, Pentecostal, Alliance, Free Methodist, whatever background, or maybe no named background at all, something that's strange to us. But if they believe in Jesus as the only way and they walk in the pathway based on the Bible— then we will say, okay, this is good. We can work with this. And then the last thing that we're looking for at that first contact is, do you have a burden for the lost? And do you have a burden for the word of God as being primary, the foundation of your operation? Some people, surprisingly enough, come to us and the Bible is an add-on. It's just something sort of like, oh yeah, we need a few Bibles too. So it's not okay. the first thing they ask. No. Right, no, okay. No, it's it's down probably round number six. And that's a red flag for Empower. Totally. Okay. And usually those people, one of the first things they're asking for is a building. They want a building. They want a new set of clothes. Yeah. They want something to dress everything up. Right. They want to become Western-ish. Okay. All right. They want to model after the North American church. They, they want to, they, they've seen something on the internet. They've heard something. They want to be sort of like that style. And I'm going to use this word, and again, I, I can get away with it a little bit. They want to be glitzy. Okay. Okay? Right. And they want that glitz factor. And therefore, that's fine. 
there's lots of room in the kingdom of God for all sorts of things. We at Empower will just move away from that. Right. But if that individual is sitting across the table, first thing is, he says, um, this is our background. This is history. It looks good. And I'll ask him, say, what do you think we can do to help you in your ministry? A church planting ministry, not evangelistic alone, okay. but a church planting, which is taking the new Christians that have been evangelized and putting them into a body of believers that is growing and solid and everything like that. I say, what do you think? If they come back and they say, anything to do with scripture, do you have any Bibles? Okay. New Testaments, we desperately need New Testaments. It's not the listing of those issues. It's how they say it with what passion. And then I will say, hmm, okay, yeah, I think we can help that with that. That raises your interest. That raises interest. <laughs> that validates a little bit. That's, right. They've, they've, they've gone over 50% on that question alone mm -hmm. on the test. All right. And I'll say, well, how about if we start off, um, can you use maybe 10 or 20,000 New Testaments and about uh, 3,000 Bibles and um, so a few other things like that? And if their response to that is, that would be awesome. Thank you so, so, so much. In other words, if I see gratitude, not for us, right. but gratitude shows the fact that they really wanted this. And then we say, and, and there's no charge involved. We'll drop it off to you. And just let us know how it goes, okay? Are they amazed at the no charge part? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that always surprises uh, I just, people. <laughs> just got, I just got off a phone call with a guy uh, in Europe and no charge. You're kidding. Right. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. And they say, because they can only afford a little bit, most of these operations are poor. And therefore, if we can move in and, and help them, they greatly appreciate it because the hunger is so great amongst the people. So anyway, we start off with that. They get the Bibles. Three, four months later, give them a phone call or they call us or they send us a report or something like that. I, get, I, I don't do things over email that much. I, <laughs> and everybody laughs at me. I'm very old-fashioned. <laughs> I want to talk to somebody to hear the inflection in their voice. I want to read into the person. I don't want to read into an email. Emails are cold and can be deceptive. Right. But if you can talk to a person, that's good. So I say, how did it go? Oh, Ron, you wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> These people gobble it up. We had a bit of a riot in one uh, um, church. Riots are good. Oh, riots. Are, <laughs> Christian riots are fine. <laughs> yes. uh, and we were handing them out, and everybody was so feverish about getting one, and we had to comment. Okay, this is good. This is good. Okay. Um, that's good. So you need some more. If we could, that would be wonderful. Okay, let's see, let's see what we can do. What languages do you need, et cetera. So we'll move right. to part two of that. And then somewhere in there, I say, so what other things do you do? Just describe to me, my friend, just what do you do? And therefore, they're going to talk about children's ministries, and they're going to talk about um, maybe a bicycle or a motorcycle for this leader, et cetera. Not thinking that we're going to provide it, but just sort of describing what they're going to do. And I know what to pick out. Right. And that would be in second contact. Okay. And therefore, we'll pick those out. We say, well, listen, um, you've got three leaders. They really need to get out to these fields to multiply their effectiveness. Yeah. How about if we get them uh, some motorcycle help? You're kidding. <laughs> uh, no, no, we can do this. You know, oh, this will multiply the opportunities and everything of that nature, and, and they'll be fantastic. Right. And then I say something like, I heard in your conversation that you were talking about a, a, a training session for your leadership on Christian education for children. So do you have a children's ministry? Oh, yeah, we've got 10,000 children that we do this. this. Okay, <laughs> well, we've got some materials for that, and also— um, could you make use of a little help to put on that um, 
that conference, et cetera? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we can invite these groups and these guys can come in and they'll take a bus. Okay, let, let's do that one too. Okay, so now we stepped over the line. Right. And then you keep moving in your relationship, watching all the way as to how they handle it, how they 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 utilize the assistance. Right. This is it's it's like in a garden or in a field. So you find some good soil, you put some seeds in it. Farmer comes back and says, next year I'm gonna use some fertilizer. So we we come along, we say, you know what? We're good. We're like fertilizer. So we'll give them the fertilizer they spread in the field. Last year, they got a, a return of 10-fold. With the fertilizer, they got a 50-fold return. Mm-hmm. And so I say, that's a good bit of fertilizer you did there. And uh, they said, yeah, if we had that something over here, and therefore we build. Right. We build in helping. And it's always with a watchful eye to make sure that there's not a dependency factor growing within it. But at the same time, we do want to bless our brothers and sisters who are being successful in winning people for eternity. That's and the deal. I think, too, one of the interesting things is that we don't develop typical business relationships. We develop friendships with our partners. And over the years, as your friendship gets closer, I mean, obviously, we still keep um, all of our accounting and all of the all of the stuff that has to get done. Exactly. But as the friendship gets closer, they'll be able to expand more on, you know, we're thinking of doing this. Uh, some of the walls break down. Well, and, there's more of a trust built up. That's oh, right. Oh, totally. Right. Totally. And that's been the big thing throughout the Life and Power Care, so as you realize, we don't operate as a business. We operate as a ministry with friends. And the body of Christ is not built upon arm's length relationships. It's built upon basically a hug. Hmm. If you want to take those arms and bring them in, that's what we do. So we know the families involved. We know their, 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 their lives. We know the leaders. We know the operations. We know their their weaknesses, their strengths, mm-hmm. their everything. Because mm-hmm. we've all got weaknesses and strengths. And many of your partners you've had for as long as Empower has oh. been. Oh, I've, known, I've known some of them for 35, 40 years. Right. So, um, and then there's new people coming on all the time. Yeah. New countries. Uh, today, I think we had two new countries <laughs> or three. I'm not That's even right. sure. Um, and so, it, it keeps moving. And um, it's good because we can help them with some things. Not just... Bibles, not just material things. We can sort of share with them some ideas and some directions that they might think in, because what we call that is Mm cross-pollinating. So therefore, in this country, they're doing this. But this guy over here in another country, he doesn't know anything about that. They're pretty localized. And so we walk in and we say, um, you know, Joe over here in China, he does it this way. And this brother in India says, really, does it work? I said, yeah, it does. Why don't we, brother in India, why don't we go for a little trip and let's meet the guy in China or the, the guy in China that's got eight million under his leadership <laughs> right. and um, we'll talk to him. So we go together over there. They cross-pollinate ideas, thoughts, etc. Guy from India goes back home, says, man, that would really work well. Why didn't we ever think of that before? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. And therefore, it's a matter of not just taking goods but it's, And it's not just preaching at them a, a method. It's introducing a friend to a friend mm-hmm. so that they can get advice. Well, and you're not coming in to take over. No. And you don't tell them what to do. No. It's suggestion. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is the church Jesus is building. God is in control. We're just providing the helps that are necessary from our limited resources to help it grow. But 
at the same time, some organizations and some people um, can get drawn into the idea of trying to direct operations, activities. Mm -hmm. They want to manage the thing to death. And over the years, that's always been something we have stayed away from at Empower, Mm -hmm. is management. We're helpers. We're lovers of people. We are burdened with the word of God and souls being saved. At the same time, we back off on the management level. Well, you're drawn to good leadership overseas. Who are already good managers. Right, who have established their leadership and management of the ministry. In their their operations. I don't know the intricacies of their cultures and societies. I have no right to go in and tell them what to do in that environment. None. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they are the experts. Let's give them honor in that regard. One of the other things we do is we... Uh, lose our identity. We don't want big plaques that say Empower donated this, or these are these are from Empower, or recognition for that. Yep. We're just there to help. Exactly. And part of that is that sometimes we actually say um, our involvement should only be known by the leadership oh, right. exactly. in the country. And that, care. that's a very good point. Um, we don't want the average pastor in the field in a national church planning movement, basically to know that we even exist because the leaders we have we have good contact with, but sometimes it's tough because you, you, you get drawn in and they those people underneath, humanly speaking, they have other needs mm-hmm. and they may look at us as sort of like, oh, I wish I could talk to this guy from North America because he can share with us uh, and maybe they can help us in our situation. Can't do it that way. Can't right. do it. We have to operate through the established constituted authority of that person, that organization, that church planning network, keep it at that level. Not that when I go in and hear the stories, we get them firsthand from those workers in the field. We don't go through the leaders. We go directly to get the on the ground and reports. Those are, that's the good stuff. Oh, that's the <laughs> yeah. that, that's the roast beef and gravy. <laughs> They're right there. But at the same time, um, we don't. I don't give out business cards. Right. Don't give out names. We instruct the leaders. Don't tell them who we are. Mm-hmm. We're just friends from afar. We're very interested in what they're doing. That really keeps us on a level playing field. And you mentioned um, dependency. Mm-hmm. Can you touch base on that a little bit and explain how um, Empower doesn't want to be foster this dis- dependency? Well, it's a matter of looking at it this way, that the body of Christ needs to work together. One part can help another part. And therefore, we do that, but not at the point where we throw too much at a person or a situation or we overwhelm them whereby the human nature takes over and they become dependent upon our participation. And therefore, we have to draw a line, a good line, but we will always, always come to the point of saying, we're here to help, but we're not going to control. Don't look at us for everything. (laughs) You've got to stand on your own two feet. For instance, when you have a child that's growing up and they're going out in the world, um, They'll they'll call back home and care you were in that situation, mm-hmm. sort of like, um, don't have any money for a bed, need a bed, <laughs> dad, please. <laughs> and we'll say, of course, we love you. And we'll move in and we'll help out with that because we love her and she's getting started in life. She's getting started in, in everything right. and she just needs a kickstart. Okay. Now, if Karis had asked for you to pay all her bills, <laughs> on the other hand... 
Yeah, because she, she she lost all her money in Vegas, uh, you know. Okay, we're going to back off a little bit. To be clear, that never happened. No, no, no. To <laughs> be clear, you. that never happened. No, no. But the idea here is how to not make a person dependent upon your 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 help all the time, but to stand on your own two feet, and that's what national churches want to do. Right. All right. So therefore, dependency is not really a problem. If you handle it the right way at the beginning. Well, a really good example is Ethiopia. And, and when you're um, sponsoring the the national church planters, you have a model. I know that it's really a year to two years before, and it happens yeah. organically. It's yeah. not that, exactly. you know, that the church itself starts supporting as, as you know, as they should. When you get into a national church planter, he's got a little family. He's out there in the middle of nowhere. So we can pick them up for up to two years. To help them. So you're giving them $35 to $50 per month for food, clothing, housing, et cetera, like that. Realizing, and the leadership knows, after that time, they've got to be up and running. Mm-hmm. And usually they're up and running in six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's before. They, they, they don't need it after that. So that aid, that assistance, goes over to somewhere else. And um, they're, they're also, at the same time, having their congregation take over in the support level. So we're not having a dependency. Right. It's just giving us a little, little help to get started. Mm-hmm. That's all. So that's what we do now on the other side of the coin. You've got some people, some uh, pastors, who've turned into professional church planters or professional evangelists. And they have a gift for that of going right into the situations. They're, not, they're never going to have a congregation to support them. Oh, never. Okay. Um, they're going to hop around, so they'll go into a, a village, preach the gospel for a week. Um, 50, 60 people come to the Lord. They bring a young pastor in who's now a church planter, national pastor support. He moves into the area, takes that congregation. That guy's off to another Right, it's two village. different roles. Two different right. roles, totally. Mm-hmm. This is a professional, professional. This is a God-anointed evangelist who's going to go and start fires all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well— the guy needs help. Right. So we'll pick up, we'll pick somebody like that up. There's not that many of them. We'll pick somebody like that up. They operate at very, very low cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, their wives usually may have other, you know, ways of bringing in income as well. So it's only partial support. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, we'll help that guy to keep going, doing his role within the kingdom, right. being evangelist. So I would say that's very rare. 95% of mm-hmm. our operation is with uh, six to 12 months one, two-year young pastor getting started in a village, okay? But there's the odd situation where mm-hmm. you've got to bless them as well. We don't want them to stop lighting, starting fires. Right, they're important. We don't, they're, they're, right. they're really important. <laughs> and the Bible, in the, when he's listed, when Paul's listing the gifts, et cetera, and the mm-hmm. ministries, et cetera, one of those is an evangelist. Right. Okay, and therefore never will have a solid church. He's a lonely man mm-hmm. who's out there preaching the gospel. Well, we've talked about um, transportation before, but it's also really essential. It goes hand in hand because you've talked about, um, let's say, Vietnam and a church planner and the distance they have to go and just how incredible a motorcycle could be to grow the ministry, to keep the ministry thriving. It's it's unbelievable. Right. Um, because you're, you're, you're taking away the walking time and putting it into ministry time. Yeah, hours versus, you know, days sometimes versus hours. Exactly. And it's safer for them. They Mm -hmm. can be home at night. 
they're not out with the wild animals walking home in the darkness. Or sleeping or with, in the jungles or overnight. Or sleeping in the right. jungles overnight or thieves or, or various situations yeah. that pop up depending on their situation. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's just a very valuable tool. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, is a tool to help. All right. Well, I think that effectively answered the question. Thank you. <laughs>